Welcome back to Clarity On. We've had a little bit of a break to make sure that we're giving you the best content we possibly can. Where before we covered very large and broad topics, we are now going to be focusing on much smaller ones. Some topics that you may not have given much of a thought about before. Our experts will be going into detail. So today, stay tuned for Clarity On Risk. Hello, and welcome to the Clarity Podcast. My name is Tuin Mia. I'm an advisor in the private clients team, and I'll be talking to Glyn Bolton, our investment director. Hello, uh, my name is Glyn Bolton. I am the investment director here at Clarity, and I'm going to be having a short discussion with my colleague Tuin Mia uh, on the subject of risk and, by extension, asset allocation. Hope you find it useful. Clarity On is brought to you by Clarity, experts in strategic financial planning and investment management. With over 25 years of experience in the field, our award-winning team are well positioned to help people navigate the complex world of finance. So, Glyn, what is investment risk? That's a very broad question. Uh, uh, this industry likes to categorise risk, uh, and there are lots of kind of different types of risk that uh, that we uh, that we list in all of our uh, our investment schedules. Uh, investment risk basically is any aspect of your investment that uh, could potentially affect the performance of your investment, either negatively or positively. Uh, risk cuts both ways. Uh, if you're not taking any kind of risk at all, uh, then the chances are you won't get much in the way of a return. So risk, risk and return are commensurate with each other. Uh, so uh, as they say, no risk, no reward. Excellent, thank you. And what are some of the common types of investment risks? Uh, the most well uh, recognised type of investment risk is volatility. Uh, that's the usual measure that you'll get when you're reading through uh, prospectuses and uh, and illustrations. And volatility is the amount by which a um, an investment will fluctuate in value. Uh, so that's the most commonly used measure of risk. But there are many others. Uh, there is, for instance, liquidity risk, which is common to property funds. Liquidity risk being your ability to actually get the money out of your investment, how, how fungible it is, whether you're able to actually liquidate the entire investment in, uh, in good time. Um, a useful um, kind of example of liquidity risk is what happened to the long-term capital hedge fund back in the 90s, for those of us who remember that period, um, that was launched in 1992 by some very, very clever people. Uh, and it um, took on an awful lot of leverage and when uh, the Russian market kind of fell out of bed in 96 uh, the hedge fund went bankrupt. It was run by some very very clever people but they didn't take account of liquidity risk. Another kind of risk is concentration risk. Uh, if, you, uh, if you invest all of your assets into one particular area, uh, I remember uh, meeting someone once who'd had a diverse portfolio of banks in the run-up to the credit crunch and they of course um, suffered uh, quite severely 
Yeah, uh, because you know, holding several different banks means that you're, they're all in the same sector and you are concentrated. And when all the banks had some severe problems, then uh, so did my client. Um, credit risk, of course. Uh, credit risk is the risk that uh, uh, the uh, asset you're invested in, if it's a bond, is, uh, is of a low credit uh, rating and that uh, you know, you're unable to get your money back because that bond defaults. Um, and uh, very common, very common uh, risk is that people are talking about at the moment is, of course, inflation risk. Uh, inflation is a very popular topic. Uh, if you hold just cash, then the chances are that inflation is going to adversely affect the real value uh, of your investment. You might find you get a nominal return, let's say, of 3 or 4%, but if inflation is 6 or 7%, then that eats into your... Uh, your return. It's uh, it's a beast that's been missing for a long, long time. But uh, my parents were very familiar with the effects of inflation. Uh, and uh, you know, when I first took out a mortgage, my mortgage rate was fifteen percent, which to anyone taking out a mortgage these days would see uh, seem enormous. But in those days, inflation was very, very present. Um, so yeah, those are some typical uh, types of investment risk. There are others, of course, but uh, those are the typical ones to look out for. Okay, thank you. Um, how do we measure risk? Very interesting question. It's very difficult to measure risk in most scenarios. And part of the reason that people use volatility uh, as a measure of risk is because it's very easy to do. Um, volatility is a measure of the standard deviation uh, of a price from the mean, from the average of all the prices in that particular sector. So uh, standard deviation is mathematicians among us the square root of the average variance of the data from its mean uh, so that is typically expressed as a bell curve which we'll be familiar with an upside down bell uh, and within that bell curve 68 percent of the outcomes fall within one standard deviation and the expression of volatility is that uh, if one standard deviation is relatively small figure like five percent or something like that which it could be for for instance, uh, investment bonds, uh, the standard deviation might be something like 12 or 13% for funds that are investing in the Far Eastern market. So they could be considered to be more volatile and therefore more risky. Uh, but as I uh, kind of alluded to earlier, volatility can be your friend if you've got long enough to run. If you're invested in a volatile market and you don't need your money back for many years, then you don't mind so much that, that the volatility is there. Uh, it's your enemy uh, if you're at the end of your uh, portfolio life and you're starting to want to draw money out, then you want less volatility. So volatility is the most easily measured risk. Other risks then, for instance, concentration risk, you need to look at what percentage of your portfolio is exposed to any particular asset. Uh, and inflation risk, you, know, you need to make sure that you don't hold everything in cash. Um, so yeah, um, misrepresentment, largely volatility is, is used as, uh, as a measure of risk, but there are many, many other risks that we need to look out for that are less easy to measure. So there are many different types of risks and how we measure them can be quite complicated. Mm -hmm. So what do we do for our clients to mitigate some of that risk in our portfolios? Well. I often talk about when I started out in the industry. When I started out in the industry, it was very difficult to look at a portfolio and to analyze all of the underlying contents. 
these days is very very simple with the, the tools that are available to us to analyze a portfolio and see exactly how diverse it is to turn it upside down to examine it to make sure that you have mitigated as far as you can against all the various risks so make sure that your portfolio is sufficiently diverse that you're not overly exposed to any one market to any one instrument or to any one particular sector so um, banking example i gave earlier or or, or to be particularly exposed uh, in the case of the current climate perhaps to chinese equities china has had a, a relatively bad run lately so uh, a useful example there um, of what can happen if you if you overexpose yourself so uh, the best way to mitigate risk is to make sure your portfolio is diverse to use a, um, a portfolio analysis tool to do that which of course we do with all of the portfolios that we run uh, and to model your portfolio to make sure that it is so far as possible uh, protected from the various kind of risks that are out there in the world you mentioned China there as a mm -hmm. potential risk. Uh, are there any other key risks right out there in the investment world? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, there's uh, what seems to be uh, paramount in everybody's mind these days is political risk. Of course, everybody's aware of the situation in the Ukraine. Uh, political situation there has a significant effect on wheat prices uh, up and down, depending upon when the Ukrainians are able to get their wheat shipped out and when they aren't. And of course, by extension, the, the crisis in the Middle East could severely affect uh, the oil market and oil, as we all know, affects absolutely everything else uh, because it's used for transport and heating, etc. So political risks always there. And of course, in the current climate in the Western world, uh, governmental risk, governmental legislation can change. Uh, all the uh, Western governments these days are very interested in ESG in sustainable investing in uh, in the case of the UK and getting to net zero and that kind of legislation can swing markets can adversely affect markets can make it interesting to invest into things like um, renewable energy um, and of course uh, can uh, in the event of a change in government here bring significant legislation that may well affect people's uh, investment returns adversely particularly in the light of changed pension legislation, for instance. So um, that's just a quick rundown. Um, I hope that helps uh, people listening. Uh, there is a clarity research note on the issue of risk and asset allocation, uh, which will be linking to this podcast wherever you find it. Uh, and of course, uh, if you do have any questions about that, then you can always get in touch with us at Clarity. Thanks for listening. And thank you for, for listening from me too. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can catch us at the usual websites, Instagram, Twitter or X, LinkedIn and uh, all the other places. Thank you.